Welcome to the Whiskey Congress. Honest, open talk dedicated to speaking the truth to those who are open to hearing it. Black, white, right, left. Most importantly, honest, bold, and fueled by good whiskey. In Whiskey Veritas, we are Whiskey Congress. Join the evolution. Whiskey Congress is back in session. Steve and I are together solo. Well, not solo together, but no guests this week. Um... Thanks again to Whiskey Ben for coming on, or yeah, Market Ben, Market sorry, ben. Market Ben, got my Ben's mixed up. Um, uh, it was good to have him in here this week, last week. How you doing this week? Good, man. Just, you know, uh, running between work and the kid and the gym and everything else, man. It's just nonstop, you know. I hear you. I've, I've, I've actually had to work hard for like know. weeks on the end. one day I called you, it was after five o'clock <laughs> and you were like legitimately still working. I couldn't believe it. Holy shit. You know what? I, I'm not going to bother acting indignant. <laughs> Don't like, you dare. <laughs> no, but, but I legitimately was. Things are going well for me with work. But uh, uh, before we, well, there's a bunch of things to talk about. But I went to Buffalo this weekend for a family event. And I'm driving home and I had to turn on CNN. Mm. And this was, I was driving home on Monday. And they were talking about Colin Powell. And they kept using past tense verbs. Yeah. And I went, oh shit. Mm-hmm. This means either... Someone wrote a book about him, and they're talking about his history, yep. or he died. Yep. Colin Powell passed away at 84, complications due to COVID and multiple other health issues. Yeah, There's a he, lot to unpack here. Yeah, um, you know, just talking about his death, um, he had a type of cancer that I believe um, affected so blood cancer. His, yep. his blood, and, um, you know, I believe he had Parkinson's as well. You're correct. Uh, and then, you know, I mean, so you talk about... Um, you know, comorbidities with COVID and, you know, you look at his age and, um, you know, the health issues he, he had, you know, he, the, he was the type of person, even, sure. you know, and yeah, he was vaccinated, but you look at his age, you look at some of the complications that he had and, and the blood disorder or the blood cancer that he had, um, you know, the first thing when you look it up, it's just like, you know, suppresses your immune system, Sure, you know, and I mean... With COVID, you definitely, you don't want it. Um, As a person who had it, you don't want it. Um, You know, yeah, there are some people who are asymptomatic and who get very mild symptoms, but I had very severe symptoms, um, you know, that that were just awful. And, you know, worse than any flu that I have ever experienced, Um, you know, I'm a pretty healthy individual and that, that it just, you know, wrecked me. And so... For a person like Colin Powell, um, you know, like I said, age and the stuff that he had going on with a, a compromised immune system, you know, I mean, even with the vaccine, it was it was it was a death sentence, um, unfortunately, and um, you know, it's really sad. And I, 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 I we're not going to talk about the politics of, you know, vaccine, anti-vaccine, and okay. all this stuff that it's being played into. And I, I, I know that I agree. That's, I find that revolting. It's, like, it's just see, the vaccine isn't real. An eighty-four-year-old guy right. with cancer and Parkinson's who had other. So I'm not getting vaccinated. Look, you didn't yeah. even say Colin Powell. Fuck yeah, right off. Yeah, I mean, so, but, you know, as it comes to Colin Powell, I mean, you, you want to talk about, you know, a, a statesman. You know, that was him. He's a guy who worked his way all the way up through the Army, literally all yeah. the way through, yeah. um, you know, to become a general, to become world-renowned, to become, you know, beloved, just, uh, you know, he was a person respected, that respected, respected and trusted. And, you know, and, and I, I still... I understand why he didn't run for president because he, it wasn't for him. Um, he, he didn't, he, it's a job he did not want. Um, and 
a lot of people wanted it, Democrat, Republican, black, white. A lot of people wanted to see him in the White House. Um, he didn't want the job. And I, I think had he run, I think he would have been a runaway. Uh, you know, the knives, the, the claws would have come out like they do for everybody, whether it's Hillary or Obama or whatever. But I think he's a guy who could have kind of bust through all that. Um, and I think he would have changed the course, literally the course of history for this country had he run and been elected. Uh, but he didn't. And, um, you know, that being said, still just a person I have the utmost respect for, a person I met in person. Oh, while, I didn't know yeah, that. while I was at West Point, I met him and Norman Schwarzkopf, um, you know, at, uh, at the Army Navy game. Oh, um, wow. You know, Norman uh, Cohen Powell gave the pregame speech, and Schwarzkopf uh, came in at halftime. Uh, or no, I'm sorry. You, you better have won that fucking game. Uh, we did not. Okay, sorry. Uh, but you know, the Navy well, had some Navy had some heavy hitters too. I think Roger Staubach actually talked to Navy okay, okay. that year too. So I mean, it was it was crazy. They had but, David Robinson. And yeah, Roger. I mean, I mean, look, I mean, it just uh, but you know, I mean, just to, first of all, just both um, in that setting, you, you couldn't ask for uh, you know two better people to get you hyped to play a game, uh, but. You know, just an amazing presence, an amazing man. Um, you know, there are a lot of people, especially, you know, progressives and Democrats who, you know, blame Colin Powell for Iraq because, you know, he gave, uh, you know, a very, you know, convincing presentation about weapons of mass destruction and Saddam Hussein and, and things like that back when we went to war after 9-11. Um, you know, and he regretted that because yeah. there were no weapons of mass destruction. But, I mean, I, I will put an asterisk by it and say... He did give that speech. Um, I don't believe that Colin Powell lied. I don't believe that Colin Powell... I think in Colin Powell, he believed that there were weapons of mass destruction there. He believed the information that he was given. The information he was given was either faulty or false. Right? Yeah. I mean, either it, either it was unintentionally inaccurate or it was intentionally inaccurate. Um, and there's plenty of reason to believe, and I'll listen to this between... You know, uh, uh, Halliburton and everything else and Cheney and, you know, the people who wanted to go to war and, and, and everything else. Um, I will listen all day that the that the information, the data that he that he received to make that decision to give that speech uh, or that presentation or however you want to call it. Um, you know, I, I believe I, like I'll listen to that information being, you know, intentionally falsified. But what I don't buy is that Colin Powell knew it and still said what he said the way that he said it. Um, that's, you know, we'll never we'll never know, really. I mean, maybe somebody will do a documentary and the truth will come out, but I, I doubt it. And, um, you know, I, I, I can't hold that. I, I, I won't hold that against him. I understand why people do. I think it's a little misguided because it's way more complicated than just, Colin Powell gave a, a, a you know a, a very good presentation, and that alone was the reason why people said, "Okay, let's do it." Although you know there are people who said that they you know trusted him, and so they you know voted to go ahead with it. Um, you know, I mean, we just lost a, a special a special human, a special person. Um, you know, he was you know his family immigrated from Jamaica. A lot of people don't. I don't know how many people know he's he's Jamaican, um, the son of Jamaican immigrants. So he's a huge uh, part of the Jamaican uh, culture and 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 lore, and um, he's a huge part of their community. Um, you know, and, and it's just a great American story, and um, it's sad that it, it it had to end this way. I mean, it's sad how it ever how you know right. a guy like him when they pass, but. <clears throat> 
know, this is this is this is hard for a lot of people, especially older people. Um, I think, and um, it's just I think it's a it's a loss for our country in a time where there's so many there there's just so few people um, that you trust like you would trust a Colin Powell, right? You know, with regards to his 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 presentation at the UN. One of the many reasons I despised the Bush regime was because I think they knew they had no credibility, and this guy did. Yep. And I think it's pretty well established that he was given information. And um, I remember I read his uh, biography. I believe it was called Soldier. Mm-hmm. And that's what the guy was. Yep. And the commander-in-chief gave him an order. Yep. And he trusted the commander-in-chief um, as Secretary of State. Um, he, he did later regret it. And I think... Uh, Right, you know, rightfully so. He also had the courage to say, "I, I regret wrong. this." Yeah, I yeah. was wrong, which is not common in today's no. world. I mean, when when's the last time you've seen anybody say that? Right? I mean, um, in, when in, Colin Powell, right? I, mean, <laughs> I don't think that's quite true, but, but it's, it's way closer than I wish it was. Um, no, I, I really resented the Bush administration for literally saying this guy has credibility. We don't. We'll put him out there for our purposes, and to to pile on now and say you know he's got blood on his hands. Well, I mean, technically, yeah, he was a general. I mean, war yeah. was his business. Yeah. And, you know, he was... And he was good he, at it. Here, I want to want to fuck this up. I know his family emigrated to Queens. Were they in Jamaica Plain? Jamaica, Queens, you mean? Jamaica, Jamaica, well, Jamaica Plain. Well, no, oh, yeah. In Queens. Because I knew they were Jamaican. Right. And I'm well, like, there's I think also that's Jamaica, Queens. Okay, well, I think yeah. I thought it was called Jamaica Plain in Queens. But yeah. anyway, I think his family set, settled there. And when I was listening to the thing on CNN driving into town, I was like, oh, shit. Did I know he was Jamaican or was he from Jamaica Plains? But I knew he was from New York City. And yeah, his story is very compelling. I mean, this guy made it on his own. Yeah. He had no big-time family getting him to where he was. I thought he was a man of integrity. Um, when he didn't run in 96, that would have been a really weird race because Clinton was not yet as scandal-bound as he would end up being. Yeah. Um, and I think Republicans literally wanted to say, okay, we're throwing a sacrificial lamb out to this, but if we do it with a guy who's not a mainstream Republican, he's got a chance. And I was, a, in, in 1996, I was still a big Bill Clinton fan. I mean, I was a college student, yeah. but I was also a big Colin Powell fan. I mean, I was in college when the Iraq War started, and the, the, the first one, and um, I remember seeing him, I was hyped up. Yeah. You know, 21-year-old guy, and my buddy and I said, look, if this war lasts six months, we're enlisting together. Um, and Schwarzkopf and Colin Powell were just like two guys I just admire the shit out of. Yeah. So had they run, had he run against Clinton in 96, I probably would have gone with Clinton just because well, I was a couple I years mean, older and yeah, removed I mean, from I the war. I was thinking more of, I mean, you know, because it was still being floated that he could run in, you know, 2000. Right, instead of uh, Gore, uh, instead, yeah. well, not instead of Gore, but I'm instead, sorry, of Bush, instead of Bush against Gore. Oh my God! And how different will the world be then? Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, because now he's the commander in chief, and he's the one who's got to make the call about going to Iraq. Um, you know, who knows what he does in the White House? Uh, you know, once he's in the office, does he? 
you know, is, is he does he able, bend to pressure like other well, does, presidents? Well, does does he get you know does he see information differently and say, all right, we have to go after this Osama bin Laden guy now because it's not like Osama bin Laden just popped up out of nowhere, right? With nine right. eleven, you know, I mean, was, I mean it's just like was, they, I mean, they were close to getting him. Like Clinton was close to getting him in the in the nineties at one point. Yeah. So in Sudan, I think. Yeah. So I mean, it's just like you wonder how that all plays out, and even even if he doesn't stop nine eleven before it happens. Uh, you know how does how the world is a totally different place. It really is. You know, it 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 really is, and and you you, you wonder if there's even, you, you know, does does a Donald, Donald Trump even get an opportunity to run at that point? You know, the yeah. way things play out. I mean, who knows? I mean, I, there's so I much. Mean, yeah, there's. But there, I mean, it's just like the world is just so much but different. Total and, butterfly effect thing, right? Yeah. I mean, even if Gore wins in 2000, which he did, by the way, but well, um, yes. but but, I mean, but but he didn't. Right. <laughs> A bad call, a bad pass interference call in the fourth quarter. You still lost the game. It yeah, might have been a exactly. bullshit call, but whatever. If you don't get the reference, that's on you. Um, all right, now we're gonna get into the tale of the bazaar. Mm. Alec Baldwin shot and killed a woman, and shot and killed, no, shot and injured shot, yeah. another. Accidentally, obviously, but this yeah. is fucking wild. I, it, I read it about was, it. So. Um, it's one. It's whether you agree with Alec Baldwin and his politics and his anti-Trump, uh, you know, rhetoric. You know, this, this is just a horrible situation, yeah. right? Like the the guilt that will weigh on his conscience for the rest of his life um, is just uh, I, can't, I can't imagine it. You know, and um, I now I've worked on a movie set before in Hollywood, and so the movie that I worked on was a low budget. I'm a paid actor, by the way. Yeah, tr- true, <laughs> true. Um, you, you know, irrelevant, movie, but true. Right, oh, that movie has been, you know, has that movie been? I, I, I have no, no idea. idea. Right. Uh, I got the check though. But um, you know, like, so I have worked on a movie set before, and in that movie, uh, the name of the movie was Blowing Smoke. Uh, I think the star was Estella Warren. Um, she was in Planet of the Apes. Sure. Um, and a few other people. Oh, that Estella Warren. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, whatever. So anyway. Um, you know, I was, I, you know, a friend of mine was working in craft services, got me on and, um, you know, it was kind of an under the table gig. Like they paid my friend and my friend paid me sort of deal. So I didn't, you know, like I'm not in the credit, I'm not credited right. in the movie and, uh, you know, I didn't you don't have your SAG card. Yeah. Right? But, um, working on that movie, like obviously it's me. So they're just like, you know what, since you're here, we're going to use you basically as a grunt, like pick up heavy shit and move it around the set. And, you know, there's a scene in the movie where, you know, there's guns involved. And so I got to see sort of the protocol behind the scenes of what happens when you bring a gun on set. Now, yes, this was a low-budget movie, but, um, you know, they followed the, – there, there is a standard protocol for what happens when, you know, there are firearms on the set of a movie. Now, and a lot of this was established uh, after uh, uh, Brandon Lee was shot and killed on the, on the set of The Crow. Right. Um, which was a different situation right. than this. I heard something different, but go ahead. Uh, what? I heard that it was not actually a blank that killed him, but actually a live round. Well, uh, hold on. So with Brandon Lee, this is what happened with Brandon Lee. So Brandon Lee, it was not a live round. What happened with Brandon Lee, um, and I actually learned about this when I was working on the set of, of this movie, right? So with Brandon Lee, uh, they had previously used dummy rounds in the gun that ultimately ends up killing him, that ends up being fired, that kills him. So they had previously used dummy rounds. Now, with a dummy round, looks, it's shaped like a bullet. It, it's it's a different color, right? It has a cap on it. Um, and so what happened was the cap of the dummy round was lodged in the chamber, okay? 
So then, like, now a, a blank is different than a dummy round, right? Like, so right. A, a dummy round looks like a bullet. It's got the shape of a bullet. A blank doesn't have a cap on the end of it. Correct. Right? Like, you fire it out, and then... It's a paper wad. It's Right. So what happened with... But Brandon, it has a powder charge. But it has a powder charge. So what happened was... The blank was the dummy. The cap of the dummy round was lodged in in the chamber, and then a blank was inserted, right? And they didn't clear it, right? So a lot of gun safety rules weren't followed. But they load the blank in. There's the cap from the dummy round, and then when the when the gun was fired at Brandon Lee, it basically turned it into an actual live round, right? right? And so that is in that ends up what kills Brandon Lee. Um, and so, and that is just a series of unfortunate events that leads to this right. really tragic situation where you lose the son of Bruce Lee, who had died early, and just a nightmare sure. scenario. Um, you know, on the set of a movie about you know a you know a, a guy who comes back from the dead, right? Um, I love that movie, by the way. Oh, it's a great movie, super dark. Um, it's very dark. Right, especially with the backdrop of the fact that Brandon right. dies. Right, so, you're watching a guy who died making the movie. Yeah, and um, so fast forward to today with what happened with Alec Baldwin, different situation, right? Like, I mean, it, it came out today that it was, you know, it was it was a live round, um, and and so you know, different than what happened with Brandon Lee, obviously. Uh, but when you, you know, on a movie set, like you've got an armor, uh, uh, you know, like a, a like a, a person, like a, right. a person, company, agency, whatever, that their job is to bring the weapons on set, bring the blanks on set. The, 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 the guns are brought in in a locked case. They're kept locked until it's time to shoot the scene with the gun. Like, you know, fake rubber guns are used to kind of set up scenes and then you get the gun. Um, and then, you know, the armor's supposed to load the gun with the blanks and hand the gun and, you know, you know, alert the actor that, you know, like, here's the gun. It's hot with a blank round and they're supposed to kind of go through all those different checks. And then you have your standard gun safety, you know, um, you know, you check to see if it's loaded. Uh, you don't put your, you know, you don't put your finger anywhere near the trigger unless you intend to shoot it. Uh, you have to know what your target is. You know, what's behind the target, like all your standard gun safety rules on top of the protocols of, you know, bringing the gun on set and having it locked and having the blanks and all that other stuff. So how you get a live round in a gun being used on a movie set, uh, in 2021, um, so many questions there, how that could possibly happen. Um, now, yeah, is there some culpability on Alec Baldwin for shooting? The, maybe, but we maybe, also don't yeah. know. We, we, we don't know enough about the situation, you know, because people are just like, why would he point it at the director? Why would he point it at this person? Do well, we know that he did? We don't know that he did. You know, like, so, it, now, I, you know, like, could the gun have gone off? I mean, like, a gun just discharging by, by itself um, is highly unlikely. Um, it was a, I, I believe it was a revolver. It was a Western they were filming. Yeah, so I mean, I think certainly. they were filming Bonanza, right? No, like it was a, called Rust. Oh, okay. All right. So, um, I just, I, I don't, I, I don't necessarily, I, I, he, we know that he didn't, like, the, the gun wasn't dropped and it just right. accidentally went off. Um, you know, how he ends up, now, I think there are, you can, there, there may be a scenario where he's legitimately pointing it at the director. If you have a scene where he's shooting and like he's pointing the gun and shooting in the direction of where the bad guy or person right. he's shooting at is going to be. And the director's standing but in that spot. But he's pointing yeah. it at the camera. 
Now, typically, like on the movie set that I worked on, like even though they, they were sure that they were using blanks and everything, the actors would point at the camera. But, you know, like once they set up the shot, the, the person behind the camera would move away, you know, at least three or four feet, you know, away from the camera. Um, and then they would do the shot and, you know, the shots would be fired. And then, you know, then the person would come back to the camera to do, you know, to, to look at it and everything else. Um, you know, so I could see that being the scenario where he's saying, okay, you know, he's shooting at the camera. The director opts to stay behind the camera and he ends up, you know, hitting her. And it, it, sound, it sounds like the bullet, it was one shot that was fired. So it sounds like the bullet either goes through the person that was injured, you know, and it's a through and through with them and it ends up hitting her in the head or wherever it hits her that kills her. Right. Um, but it sounds like the bullet travels through that person and in into her or through her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, or, that, that happens. I right. Mean, I mean, and depending on, depending on the caliber of the bullet, right, and depending on the distance, like, that would, that would make sense, right? Sure. Like, I mean, especially if you have a higher caliber bullet um, that goes through, uh, you know, it, it could easily travel all the way through a person, continue to travel, and, it, you know, even if it... Even if it goes all the way through a person and then lodges in the other person, you know, lands in your stomach, there's so much stuff in your torso that, you know, could, sure. you know, cause you to die if you get hit with I mean, a bullet. Um, you know, so, I, you know, the idea, because a lot of people are just like, why would he carelessly, you know, point a gun? I, we don't know that it was careless. We don't know, um, you know, what, we know that there were, clearly there were protocols that were not followed. Um, the question is, is, you know, like what, you know, what was Alec Baldwin's role in you know actually firing the gun was he joking around pointing the gun like hey bang bang and then he actually the bullet the gun goes off or were they you know filming a scene where he shoot you know pointing it at the camera and the director you know for the effect and it ends up being a live round that ends up causing the damage that it caused that you know we don't have those details yet there there was an incident and i want to say it was 1984 if i didn't know it was because it popped up when i was reading the story but i forget the movie and i forget the actor but he had a 44 caliber revolver and jokingly with a blank in there played Russian roulette, stuck it to his head, shot himself in the temple and died. Mm. So blanks are not innocuous. Now no. they they don't travel the distance. They don't carry the, 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 you know, the muzzle energy of a legitimate round, but they're not innocuous. That's one of the reasons I hate the movie crash is because a kid gets shot at point blank with a blank in that movie. And it's like, all right, first of all, this is predictable. Second of all, you would have still killed the kid. Right. Um, but yeah, this is just an, completely avoidable really awkward tragedy and you do have to wonder how the fuck did a live round get into that yeah and that's that's the big question here you know i mean that that i have is just like why is there even a live round on set now you know there there i'm sure there'll be sure you know forensics and autopsy sure. and all that stuff that'll tell more about the round itself um but i mean it just it raises so many questions and, um, you know, one of the things that, you know, has come up already is liability. Um, now, you know, with Alec Baldwin being the person who pulled the gun, like, yes, there's liability there. But uh, there also is going to be liability on, like, the producer in the studio. Now, Alec Baldwin was also a producer, I think, the main producer of, uh, of this particular movie. I believe he was the executive producer. So... You know, he he is going to end up in this realm of of, culp- of culpability um, as you know the person who pulls the trigger, and then also you know from a financial situation uh, standpoint, as the as the producer, um, you know when the civil suit comes, uh, which I'm I'm sure that there likely will be, 
uh, and rightfully so, that you know he's kind of going to be on both ends of it from from that standpoint. Um, you know, which is you know, which at this point the money doesn't matter, especially for the family right. that that the the family of the of the person who who had who died from this. Um, but you know, and then also you have to wonder about you know the the prop master on set, like what what was their role in sure. it? I mean, did they have you know a, a professional and insured you know armor on set? Um, that was responsible for this because there's going to be some culpability there if they did, and if they didn't, there's going to be some culpability. Um, but you know, there's a lot of negligence and recklessness that is involved in this. And the question, really, like as it relates to Alec Baldwin, you know, if if he's a, if if we're assuming that the protocols, if he is in a situation where you know, like they had the professional armor on set, uh, you know, like the gun handlers and they had a prop master and, you know, they tell him that they handed him, you know, a cold, a hot gun, but with blanks or what have you, um, you know, and he checks it and like, cause if you look at it from, if it's a revolver, you're going to look and you're going to see that there's rounds in there. Right. right. Um, you know, if it's, if he did the proper checks, it, you know, he, if he's looking, depending on the angle he's looking from, you're going to see that there's a round in there, but if the assumption that the round is a blank, then you proceed, you know, with 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 your scene. But I mean, if that, you know, what I mean, like if 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 it ends up not being, it's pretty clear that it probably wasn't a blank and it, and it was actually a live round. Um, I think most of the liability is going to fall on you know the other people who are dealing with that sure. because unless they didn't have, you know, the proper checks and balances. In terms of a prop master and a person, you know, a professional group handling the weapons, um, then it goes back to him because, again, he's the executive producer. And if you were going to have guns on set, it's a Western. You should have had someone, you know, with a with a good reputation um, of handling guns and bringing the guns on set for you to, 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 you know, do what you need to do in the movie. This is a classic example of something where you do this a thousand times and there's nothing bad and maybe someone got careless. Um when I was in high school, an idiot friend of mine pointed a BB gun at me. And I grabbed it and I pointed it away and I went off on him. I'm like, don't ever fucking point a gun at me. Treat a gun as low as adults because I grew up, I, mean, yeah. I, I taught gun safety at nine. Yeah. And brother from the same family, a couple weeks later, same BB gun, thought he was being funny and discharging an empty BB gun into his hand and shot himself in the hand with a BB and ended up needing reconstructive surgery in his hand. Right. And now that was a BB and him doing it to himself. And he was like, I felt so stupid. And I was like, you and are. you should. Right. I mean, and it's just, it's amazing. I mean, and I still can't get past, I mean, because blanks are like noticeably different than a live round. Um, just in, in, you know, just from looks alone, right? I mean, you're like, you've got the open, end, you know, like where you normally have the cap and the pointed end on a live round or even a dummy round, like it's open. Right, like on a blank, it's it's open. You can see yeah. what's stuffed in there. So I mean, but in a revolver, it's hidden in the cylinder. Yeah, and, and agreed. What but, I can see happening, but Steve, who, but is... someone put like someone loading it in. If you like, how do you not know that you're loading live rounds in there? And that's I agree. It's a it's it's carelessness on someone's negligence on someone's part. I find it hard to find this nefarious. I cannot believe someone literally stuck a live round in Alec Baldwin's prop gun or gun. And said, you know, hey, 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 when he fires his Jim, I, it's hard for me to get, it's hard for me to get around that though, because blanks are so noticeably different for good reason from a live round. I just I don't see like 
how do you even have a live round anywhere near blanks on a movie set? The only way I can judge... There's no not, reason the, for the, a live the, round the, to be the, on. The only reason I can think of, and I'm, I'm spinning this shit wildly to try to come up with a possible explanation, is that they wanted to feel, here's what this gun feels like to discharge with a live round. Makes, and they were, no, they, they were tar- doing target practice or whatever. I, look, I'm swinging in the dark here. I, I cannot figure out how this happened, but it results in a tragedy. I mean, you know... There's so many things that have to go wrong for this to happen. Yeah, for that, for and that, clearly they all did, and they all did. I mean, right? You know. Because if he if he fires right at the camera and there's no person in the way, it blows up a camera and everyone goes, "Oh, oh shit, shit! Alec Baldwin just shot a fucking camera." Right. But no, he killed, he a, killed person a person and, and, and injured another. another one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just so sad. You know, I mean, my heart goes out to that family. Um, you know, the heart goes out to the person who was injured. Fortunately, I believe they were released from, from the hospital last night, okay. uh, you know, or early this morning. So, I mean, it just, you know, and, and, and again, having experienced being on a live set and, you know, I handle firearms regularly, um, you know, yeah. almost, uh, you know, like every week and, you know, almost basically every other day, um, you know, I was just, you know, I cleaned, you know, three of my guns last night. Um, and, and so like, I deal with them all the time. So, you know, and even, you know, even my own sort of situation, you hand me a gun. The first thing I'm going to do is check to see if it's loaded, check to see if there's rounds in it at all. And if it is, then I'm going to eject, uh, the live round and pop the, you know, pop the magazine out and, you know, and then I'll look at it or whatever to, to get a feel for it. Um, I mean, you've handed me guns and I have handed you guns on multiple occasions. Right. And both of us, first thing we do, verify it's empty. Right. And now this is a revolver. And I, the thing about when you're Alec Baldwin, you're a 60 whatever year old actor. 64 or something like that. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, he's been on movie sets hundreds of times, whoever, how many times. Right. And a ton of movies and with guns. With, right. right. I mean, with, with, in October. Right. right. I mean, All right. And so someone hands you a gun and says, do your job. He's going to do his job. I'm not going to put knowing legit gun safety on Alec Baldwin. I frankly don't know if he grew up around them or not, but but he's been on enough. He's been on enough sets. I I I've been, he's been on enough sets and enough movies with guns um, to 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 know. The, I I find it hard to believe that Alec Baldwin was on set. Well, I I don't know. I mean, I dude, he's been handed a gun a hundred whatever right. times. Said do you know do your acting thing. Yeah, and never had a problem. And then all of a sudden, holy shit. Yeah, I mean, I, I just my and my heart goes out to him because yeah, I, I oh just, yeah, God, I mean, he's got to be devastated. He's, I mean. he's going to be carrying a burden uh, for the rest of his life that is just unimaginable. Um, you know, it's one thing to do something like to to kill a person to you know save your life or to to protect your family. Um, you know, not that there's still not trauma associated with that, but that's a different type of of guilt as opposed to you know a completely avoidable accident like this. Um, you know, not, and he's not just an actor. Like I said, he's, I I believe he's the executive producer. So, you know, I think he might've been the producer. Right. So like not even like, executive producer kind of off the side. So I think he was in charge. Right. I mean, so there, there, you know, I mean, he, he's not like he, not, it's, it's one thing if you're the producer and you're just like, how could this happen on my movie set? But not only he's the producer, how could this happen on my movie set? And I did this. And I did this, right. Um, it's just, you just wonder what happens to him mentally uh, and emotionally going forward. Uh, you know, hopefully just for his and his family's sake, he can rebound um, and, you know, uh, sure. you know, live a somewhat happy life. But, um, you know, I, I don't if, think if this I, is... If I had done this, I don't know how I would shake it off. Yeah. 
I mean, it would be it, so it tough. Would, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I don't. I mean, if this, if if all, you know, if, if you were Alec Baldwin, you and I were still friends, it'd be one of those things where I just, I'm like, well, I just I'm not leaving you alone for a long time. You know, I mean, it just. Well, thank I, you for yeah. I mean, I understand because but I yeah. just, I, you know, I mean, you, you just, it, it's got a way on you, and, and it's devastating. It had to be so shocking. Yeah, I mean, when when that gun goes off, you know, and, you know, I mean, you you just, you you know, and, you know, when you see people go down and, you know, there's blood immediately, it's just like, you know, I mean, I I just, I can't imagine it, you know, I mean, I just, I've never accidentally shot a person, so, I mean, I I, I've not intentionally shot a person either, (laughs) also that, so, I mean, it's just, you know, there's a lot to, to, to deal with there, and, and man, that's just, that's hard, so, let's jump. Yeah, let's jump, let's jump to, uh. Some politics because uh, Jim Jordan and Jerry Nadler got into a fight over videos related to. Um, loosen up my tie. Sorry. Um, yeah, you're seeing you're all snazzy again. I'm here in my Bardstown bourbon uh, T-shirt. They got into a fight over um, video being released. Uh, I believe related to January sixth, and uh, Jerry Nadler was um, saying, you know, or sorry, Jim Jordan was saying, I want this video shown and. I, I knew it earlier. I'm sorry. I got so distracted with the with the gun talk. And Jerry Nadler said, "We have a rule in you know these House committee meetings where if you want a video to be part of testimony or be part of a display, you have to submit it 48 hours before it gets you know shown, so that other members of the committee can see it." And Jim Jordan went on this rant about how. Um, the left, the left, and the socialists are just trying to, you know, censor us and blah blah blah. I'm like, dude, fuck you. Now, Jim Jordan, I, don't, I forget which district. He's not far from us. He's not in my district. Well, I don't think he's yours. I think it's like it's Central Ohio. Yeah, like okay. it's kind yeah, of Columbus, yeah, yeah, like you're the right. Columbus yeah. area. But anyway, Jim Jordan, Jordan, fuck right off. You tried to sneak around the rules so you could play the victim again. Yeah. You've been ducking your responsibility for the January sixth insurrection. And by He's the been way, ducking his responsibility for everything. For, for everything. Like when's <laughs> name a bill or something that he has introduced or ha- like that has passed or has even introduced. Or listen to him try to tap dance around his role on January sixth. And HBO just put out a new. I think it was called Four Hours in Washington yeah. or something. Did and you I watch it? I, I I have it flagged. I multiple right. people have told me to watch it, okay. and I watched it. it. Well, what's funny is I was told, like, just speaking of the gun talk, I was told to watch it. And you know, if you listen to the show regularly, and you were listening to the show when that happened, uh, I was pretty pissed about it. I still am. So a friend of mine texted me like, "Hey, you need to watch this HBO special on the January sixth incident." Uh, also, do not watch it while you're... Because they knew I was cleaning my guns oh. last night. Okay. So they're just like, do not watch this with your firearms. Solid I, advice. I, I fear that you will either put a hole through your TV or... God knows you're you'll be on you know you'll be in your truck on your way to DC to, to hurt someone and and now listen you're not going to try to hurt I'm, somebody I, I, but I'm not I understand the but I mean I you know, know you I know you I know you run a bit hot or a lot hot sometimes <laughs> and I'll tell you what I was fuming watching this so we've seen the videos and and I mean on January sixth we were both beside ourselves and I went off on my right wing cousin who was like hey what's going on and I just went nuts on him like because he he knew nothing. And then when we talked about it on uh, that the week of that show, um, I was like, "Well, I got to decompress on my cousin and unload on him." You expressed yourself pretty clearly that week, and watching that again and seeing against, especially seeing the DC cops. The thing about this special, or this whatever documentary, is 
it interviews a lot of Proud Boys and Three Percenters and Cowboys for Trump. And there's a lot of that. Oath keepers. Well, oh, yeah. Just, be, just because you're wearing a hat that says MAGA and I love Trump, does that make you a Trump supporter? Yes. Yeah, it kind of does, yeah. jackass. I mean. The, I this, just like the hat. Yeah. It's a terrible uh, hat. Oh, no, dude. I, literally, do not watch. You know, I don't know what the right mind frame to watch it is. I watched it, and I'm, I give HBO credit for letting those people have their voice. Um there's actually a few things that will make you laugh because there's one time where a guy talks about, we feel we're the ideal citizens, and the camera pans down, and this guy's fat as fuck. He literally goes, well, maybe not physically. I think he saw the camera panning down. <laughs> oh, you're, you sure about oh you're the master race? Oh, yeah, well, okay. the master race is eating a lot of ho-hos, buddy, because he didn't say, he did not say yeah. master race. I'm sorry, that's, that's inaccurate. But it was just hilarious how he's talking about, you know, true boom, <laughs> like, and wah, wah, wah. You know, it's funny, just as a side note, though, the master race, like, the people who bring up the whole, well, you know I'm a part of the master race thing, and you look at them and just, like, if you're the master race, my God, right? Like, then the rest of us are fucked because you're <laughs> shaped like a pear. You can barely read, and I'm not 100% that you're, what, what, you know. <laughs> when I was in college, I worked for a guy who, was upset when he found out I wasn't racist. And he called himself a good Aryan son. His first name was Eric. I won't say the last name because he might still be alive. But um, he was literally 5'6", 350. Mm. And it... <laughs> mm. And I'm like, okay, good Aryan son. Mm. Let's run 50 feet and have this conversation. <laughs> and mind you, in these days, I'm... Just step I'm, 10 I'm, feet back. Right, right. And just right, keep doing right, that right. every... You know. and, and he, told me he was like a second degree black belt and I was like let's do this <laughs> it, I just lost a boxing match I was in a shitty mood and someone said Jim who's your next opponent and he said me and I'm like let's do that it's like I'm two degrees beyond black belt I'm like how much did that cost you <laughs> that actually happened but yeah <laughs> again I just lost a boxing match I was in a shitty mood and this disgusting slob of an Aryan whatever Ugh. wanted to talk shit alright let's move on from that um, a bunch of Pretty ugly shit in the racial world. Um, mm -hmm. So, black students in Georgia, I want to say it was Rome, Georgia, but I could be getting the town wrong, um, were, were going to protest a bunch of students who were, you know... But, yeah, right, so, right. so, uh, it's, so, one, we're in Georgia, right? So, you've There's got, that. like, so, th we're starting there, but... You got these students in Georgia, uh, white students who, uh, you know, basically come onto campus. Uh, it's a high school, high school, yeah. And they come onto campus and they're waving Confederate flags and they're saying, you know, racial epithets and and just sort of, you know, being assholes, right? Yeah. Um, and you know, clearly trying to to get a rise out of the the black students that are there on campus. And so the black students, in response. Um, are, you know, just like, all right, well, we're going to protest as a, you know, basically we're yeah. going to counter protest, you know, what you, what you are doing or what you did. Uh, school officials find out that the black students are forming a protest and, uh, or are protesting. And so they suspend the black students and there were white students with the black students who were protesting and the white students were not suspended. Right, like so, they only suspended the black students who protested, not the white students who were protesting with the black students, and the students who uh, were saying the racial epithets and brought the Confederate flag on campus were not suspended or punished. Um, that, ladies and gentlemen, is once again not only blatant racism, but again, 
systemic racism, like it doesn't get any like more in your face than that. Um, and you know, there's no, there's no good explanation. There's no good excuse for it. It is just, um, you know, complete violation of, of, of civil rights, a complete violation of the black students, basically humanity. Um, and if you like, I would still have an issue with it if you punished everyone, right? Because I mean, I think that there needs to be some nuance to something like that. But at least that's somewhat more fair and equitable. If you at least suspend everyone involved, the white students who bring the Confederate flag and are saying the racial things that I should be not allowed, right? Like, I mean, they're, you know, I mean, I, I, the schools I've been to, like, you, the students can't just walk, the white students can't just walk around screaming nigger. Uh, and so, and, and waving Confederate flags. So in most schools that I, I, I've been affiliated with, like, that would draw some form of punishment for those students. Um, and if you want to, if you want to suspend those students, but also suspend the black students because you have a rule against protesting, eh, it, it's a little fishy, but at least, at least there's some, you can at least try to say there's some form of equity there in terms of the way that situation is handled, but to not suspend the white students who bring the flags on and who are screaming out these types of, uh, of racial racist offensive things, and then to suspend the black students who are just like, well, we're not going to stand for that. And then not suspend the white students who are with the black students who are also not going to stand for it. There is no way around it than, than to say this whole thing is fucking, is fucking rotten. Yeah. Right? No, I mean, if if anyone's listening and knows that there's some, you know, fact that we're missing out on, I'm all Fill ears. Yeah, love Fill to hear in. it. Love to hear it. But uh, I mean, you can reach us on Twitter. You can reach us on, uh, you know, at on Instagram, Congress, on Instagram, Instagram on Twitter. Facebook. Yep. I mean, I'm like fuck. I mean, send us emails, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I mean, because... Give it Whiskey Congress, Steve at Whiskey Congress. Let us know. Yeah. But this sounds about as blatant as it fucking gets. And the fact you're right, it's happening in Georgia, which is in no way to make an excuse. It just makes it not surprising. Right. And. You know, when people say, you know, we've had this conversation in a bunch of different directions a bunch of times, but when people say, you know, racism doesn't really exist anymore. And of course, now what I find funny is there's people who are my age and older who claim there was never racism. I'm like, okay, um, you're 10 years older than me. Right. And I know what I saw in the 80s. Right. I mean. In the 70s. And, well, in the 70s. Well, yeah, I, you yeah, were young, young. But, but, I mean, if but someone's yeah, 10, old, 10 years older, older than you. Yeah, they would have been right. around for that. I mean, I've seen the, you know, progression and then the regression. And I do think we're in a regressive state now because now the people who are doing shit like this are doing... These fucking kids are high school kids waving a Confederate flag. Fuck off. Yeah. You know, what... I mean, you're, you're, you're in Don't give school. me heritage not hate. Don't give me that nonsense. You're, yeah, you're in high school and you've been propped up. This has been fed to you. Yep. And the... This, well, I here's the thing. This is, uh, you know, a lot of people want to go, well, they learn it from somewhere. They're getting it from their parents. Uh, listen, I got a kid. She's seven. Um, you know, and, and kids are, uh, like, I'm big on treating my daughter with respect. Um, if I'm wrong, I will tell her I'm wrong, and, I, and, and I'll apologize even at the age of seven. I think it's important that she understands, right. you know, those sorts of things and that she sees it from her parents. And so, you know, I try to treat my daughter with the same respect that I would treat an adult and not just completely demean and undermine her just because she's a child. Um, Unless she's cheering for the Browns in front of you. Well, that, that, that has, that, <laughs> came, that, that came up. Sorry for that. Jeff. That actually came up last night. Cause the other kids, <laughs> all the other kids were wearing Brown stuff. Cause the Browns played last night and she was like, dad, I need to wear my Brown <laughs> stuff sorry. to school. I'm like, I'm not sorry. happening. 
You can wear the Steelers shirt I bought you that doesn't fit, or you'll wear normal clothes. I'll be damned if you wear a Browns jersey or shirt in my house. Somebody got a Brown socks, and I fucking burned them. I just said I'm sorry, and I'm lying. I'm not at all sorry. But anyway, like, I I mean, but the point is, my seven-year-old, like, she gets her own ideas, and she tries things and does things, and it's not because I'm teaching her these things or I'm not being a good parent. It's just that kids are... Autonomous little creatures, right? Who, who they figure are, but they're out. heavily influenced by their they're, parents. They're, but the I, but in 2021, kids can be heavily influenced by YouTube and TikTok also, also and true. social also media, true. and true. their parents their parents could be great. Their parents true. could be also awful and could be a part of the true. problem. But a lot of kids are not getting shit from their parents. Their parents are doing the best that they can, and these kids are being basically raised by the internet and television. So I mean, I, I'm not so quick to go to they're getting it from their parents, especially at 15, 16, 17. 18 years old that's fair you know i that's mean fair. there are outside influences right. are much more I mean, prevalent at, today at, than at they that were. age i mean they could all sit there and watch fox news oan and watch whatever sure. they can all get online i mean shit my seven-year-old i mean she grabbed my phone asked siri to get her to wherever she wants to go and siri brings it up you know what i mean so i mean i just i i'm, I'm not necessarily going to give them even the pass of well it's being taught to them by their parents no these kids at that age if you're in high school you mean to tell me that you need, you know, you, like your parents one way or another are influencing you on something like that? Nah, man. I, 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 this is on those kids, 100%. I'm not, def- now, if, sorry, if, I'm not defending no, them. No, no, no. I know you're not defending them. But what I'm saying is um, I'm putting this on these kids and maybe their parents have something to do with it. Maybe not. But it doesn't really matter either way they did it um, because there's plenty of kids who have asshole parents who don't, who, who don't follow in their footsteps. Sure. Um, you know what I mean? Or there's plenty of kids who have good parents that are complete assholes. Right? Also, like, so that's where I was going to go next. Like, right? I oh, mean, there's good parents with douchebag kids. Right. I mean, my parents but, are great and I'm me. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, like they tried their best and I have let them you, down. You, you, you've done pretty well. <laughs> but I mean, it just, it, and it just, my heart breaks for those black students because that's the sort of thing, like I've experienced something like that myself personally. Um, you know, growing up in Texas and being targeted as a kid in first, second, third grade, um, because I was the only black student in class and the other kids blame me and the teachers believed the other students and then they took it out on me in the form of literal corporal punishment and being paddled and being suspended and being kicked out of class for things that I, I didn't do, right? Things I, I you know, sure. wasn't capable of doing. Um, you know, one way, you know, I mean, like they were like, oh, he threw that from the back of, like, you know, in first grade I got in trouble because they said I threw, like somebody threw something at the teacher and hit her dead, like right in the back of the head. And everybody blamed me. Well, I didn't have glasses in first grade, and I was, I've was i been blind since birth. So the idea that I was going to be able to accurately target someone and hit them with anything at that age, unless it was a giant boulder, um, you know, and I was just hurling it in the general direction, like, was theoretically impossible. That's how fucking blind I am. Um, and yet I got, like, in the first grade, I got fucking paddled over something like that, which I, I, I did not do. Right. And I mean, and that theme continued as I grew up in, in, you know, like going to school in Texas, which is a big reason why my family left the state. Yeah. Um, And so knowing what that feels like to be targeted, not not just by other students, but then being targeted by the school administration, the people that are supposed to protect you and help you and guide you when your parents aren't there. Like they 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 literally have a responsibility to protect you. While you're in the school and then to turn around for them to be also against you along with the students that are being hostile towards you, like that fucks with you. I don't care how old you are. That that absolutely fucks with you, and these kids have to live with that. Now, they're, they're, like these kids will get support, and they've got our support, and, and you know support from a, across the country, which maybe helps. But 
the idea when something like that happens to you at a young age, like you don't you don't just get over it because you get some pats on the back from two fucking guys in Ohio. Right. Um, and so this 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 does have damage. Now, look, I'm not uh, you know, like. You know, people talk, you know, everything is traumatic for people, you know, people, oh, you, 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 you know, we'll talk about some things later at uh, Oberlin College, you know, every, everything is traumatic for these kids right. these days, but something like that is legitimately traumatic. Something like that has negative impacts on kids, um, their mental and emotional health, um, which could lead to physical health issues, you know, issues that, that, that really manifest themselves later in lives, drinking problems, drug problems, all those sort of things. Um, I mean, and, people and, talk about social anxiety. I, I mean, I have anxiety issues at times, but you want to, you want, you want to stoke that fire, right? I mean, these, I mean now these kids t- t- go right, right. I mean, it's like like the, we can't protect these kids. Like we can't put these kids in a situation in a Wakanda situation where they're, you know, they go somewhere where there's only black people and everything is safe and everybody treats them with respect and equity and everything else. Like these kids have to live in the real world for the rest of their lives. And now interact and deal with white people on a regular basis. And how do you think that's going to go? How do you think that they're going to be able to process that? Um, yeah. You know, I mean, there's consequences for actions like this. You know, I there's reasonable and then flawed arguments when you compare uh, the Nazi swastika flag to the Confederate flag. You know, there's arguments you can say it's not a fair comparison, and arguments you can say there is. But if you fly a swastika in Germany, you are committing a crime. Yep. Now. I don't necessarily like the idea of making a Confederate flag a crime in America. I, I do. Do you? Fuck I, yeah. I, 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 I mean, I see. Are you fucking kidding me? Well, just because of the. the so here's the thing. To, to make it a crime to have that. First of all, would it bother me? Fuck no. I get so annoyed when I see them. I'm angry when I see them. But I can understand the First Amendment argument that if I want to fly this, I can. No, Fuck. you can't. No, you can't. Let me tell you why you can't fly it. Right? Okay, it's I'm, not. I'm it's not. This. It's listen. It's not like just a flag that some people made up, that the Oath Keepers made up, or the Proud Boys made up, or you know, just some some random dick made up one day and flies it, and people adopt it as this flag that means something. No, it was a flag that was used by an enemy of the Union. We fought a Correct. war against the people who flew that flag. We defeated the people who flew that flag, right? Stars and Stripes survived. That thing did not. We won. They lost. They, if they win, everything is different, right? Just like had the Germans win, just like had the Japanese won, just like, like right? So we, you don't fly that flag, not that flag. That flag does is not, is, it, it, you don't get First Amendment rights when it comes to certain things. That thing should not be privy to, oh, well, it's my first word. Fuck you. Enemy of the country. Enemy of the union. Enemy of the republic. Right? Like, there's certain things that are just not allowed. Like, listen, this country is free, but we got rules, we got laws, and that should, in my opinion, you fly that flag, it should be a jailable offense, just like Germany. It should be a fucking crime. Fuck that. Part of that, like, part of the problem with that is after the Civil War, we did the wrong thing. What we should have done is we should have completely crushed Anybody who was a part of the Confederacy. But what we, oh, no, well, we need them, so we got to bring them back. We made all these promises to them. That's what allowed Jim Crow to exist. That's what allowed, now, although Jim Crow was actually something that came from the North, but that's what allows Jim Crow, segregation, all that stuff, everything that that led up to 
the, the civil rights movement, right? The reason why we have all these fucking Confederate statues, those, those weren't raised during the Civil War. Those weren't made during the Civil War. They came after the Civil War, not right after, well after, right? The 20s, the 30s, the 40s, and 50s. A number of them were, were, were built in the 50s and the 60s, right, to thwart the Civil Rights Movement, to intimidate people, Right, like, sure. so, 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 I'm sorry. That flag is a part of uh, is 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 part of a much larger problem, and it goes all the way back to the end of the Civil War and how we handled that entire situation wrong as a nation. I agree. I mean, I I've been quoted as saying this a few times. I remember in high school and college seeing uh, bumper stickers that said "Lee surrendered, I didn't," and I thought you have every right to have that bumper sticker, but you just declared war of the United States, and I should get to shoot you. Fair, okay. I, you really? know where I stand I mean, on that. I, do, I, I, do. I, I, know, I know you're my lawyer if that happens, but <laughs> I may not be the best person. <laughs> you know what? You're not my lawyer if that happens. <laughs> I'm but seriously, if you're saying, you know, well, as far as I'm concerned, the war between the states isn't over. You have every right to say that, and you just told me you're fighting against my country. You're a threat to my country. <laughs> See you in court. Oh no, I won't. Right? Because my accuracy is not great, but I good enough well if you would come to the fucking range with me we could work I, on it uh, true I didn't need to start working on it but anyway but it's just I making it a crime no I understand your point and you're not wrong I just you know the the idea we shouldn't of be kowtowing to those people Sorry. Agreed. Agreed. But I don't, there's plenty I, of stuff that I don't. I, I don't think that should be banned. I you know how yeah, I feel yeah. about that. So like I'm very like I'm, I'm pretty like I, I appreciate the Constitution. I have studied the Constitution. Right, literally, yeah. I have studied yeah. it. I went to fucking school for it. I know the thing inside and out. I understand freedom of speech. I, there's, there's a, a copy why, of it on the wall. There's a copy studio. of it right there. There's a reason why freedom of speech is the First Amendment, and it's also there's also a reason why the Second Amendment comes right after to protect it. But, but um, there are just cert- there's just certain things, right? I mean, there's just I, I, in my opinion, there's just certain things that 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 don't necessarily apply, right? I mean, even the Supreme Court has said as much. Sure. Um, and so I think that the Confederate flag and and you know praising the con, the Confederacy is just something that really should, you know. And and I'm not listen. You can if you like. I you we can't legislate. We can't legislate evil away. We can't legislate stupidity decency. away. We can't legislate de- decency into people. Um, there are just some shitty humans out there. So if you want to be a racist asshole, uh, we can't make that a crime. But certain symbolism, certain Things should be, and no, this is not a slippery slope. I'm sorry, banning the Confederate flag is not a slippery. What are you going to ban next? You know, like, like, so, listen. If you declare war against us, then yes, that is the next thing that gets banned. Like that, there is nothing else like the Confederate flag or the Confederacy. That th- there's no, there's no comparison to it in our country, right? Like, so no, it's not a slippery slope. Right. This isn't about, well, well, I mean, like you're, you're in your feelings. No, I'm not in my feelings. The history of the Confederacy in the Civil War is history. It's real. It's not about my feelings. It fucking happened. It cost Lincoln his fucking life. And I always just when I see people flying, you know, driving a pickup truck with two flags on the back of their truck, an American flag and a Confederate flag. I'm like, that ain't the dumbest fucking shit. Isn't that amazing? It just it, like it blows amazing? my mind. Like I mean, especially it, when I see it in like Western New right, York. Like, and then the thing about it is like it's so dumb. It's hard for me to get mad about it as much as I want. It's like how fucking oh, okay. No, I'm with you. Like, I would. It's, it's one of those. It's, it's like I've we've talked about probably more offline than on. But it's like I would love to have this conversation, but I know it's not going to go well. 
because I'm going to say things that are rooted in some kind of logic and I'm not going to be responded to with, with the same kind of logic. Um, but so staying in, in, um, in racial injustice in America, a 10 year old black girl in Hawaii was arrested because the parents of a girl that she said was bullying her were upset about a drawing she made of said bully. Now, I don't know all the details, but I don't think I need to. The police do not need to be involved in an elementary student drawing a picture, even if it was offensive. The school should be handling this shit on their own. It is insane to me that this could happen. Now, Hawaii is a weird state for a lot of reasons, so that makes it even stranger to me. I mean, honestly... If this would have happened in Georgia, I would have said, okay, this is incredibly fucked up. But to me, it's almost worse than it's happening in Hawaii, because Hawaii is a state where the indigenous people are not, you know, Georgia rednecks. So I I don't know what more there is to say about this than how the fuck does this happen? Um I I <laughs> I don't know. Ten years old. I mean she's no like... physical threat. She made a drawing that offended the parents of a kid. That she said was bullying her. And you're going to use law enforcement? What in the actual fuck? Like, I, I, I don't... So, I guess the question... Like, so did the did the school... How did how does he end up getting arrested? Like, what... I think what, the, I know the chain of I events? I don't know in enough detail. And frankly, I don't care. Because that shouldn't happen. How do you arrest a 10-year-old for anything? I mean, if a 10-year-old is shoplifting, you put him in the back room, you scare the, you know... Scare the daylights out of them. You tell them to put the pack of gum back in, you know, on, on the counter, and you hopefully get them uh, to not do that again. But she made a drawing. I mean, if the drawing was her with crosshairs around the bully's face, which all right, let me say that if that's what happened, which I highly doubt, um, um, yeah. then you know, I, I just, I, I, you know, you know, we've talked about cases in the past. Um, where you know you had the case down in Florida, <laughs> you had the case down in Florida with uh, you know the young you know the young girl that I think she was like maybe six or seven that the police came in I think it was in Tampa that you know arrested uh, yeah. her because she was crying and and you know not being cooperative. I, I remember uh, the fifteen year old girl which might have also been in Florida where they're literally like. I mean, it was South no, Carolina. that was South Carolina. South Carolina right? They tackled her to the, the ground, the, knee in her back. The six-year-old was in was in Florida. That I remember, and I'm pretty sure it was in the Tampa area. But okay. we've we've seen this before, and um, you know, we just talked about the case uh, that was in ooh, uh, Tennessee um, yeah. last week or a couple weeks ago, where it, you know they had a whole system of you know how to detain uh, young black of, kids de- yep. of detaining uh, uh, you know juveniles and putting them in the jail for for minor for, offenses for, for well no for not even real offenses remember right. they were they made, they up, made rules, up a yeah. lot that they used to arrest kids so i mean this is something that we see across the country of arresting these kids um, for you know things that are minor infractions that aren't even necessarily breaking a law um, and a majority of the kids are, you know, black or brown, um, you know, non-white students. And it, it is a serious problem. Um, you know, how we get to the, how, you know, how we get to the point where, um, you know, girl makes a drawing. Well, here's a drawing, uh, you know, uh, whether it was, you know, distasteful or whatever, um, that, you know, the, 
the police officer who arrests her. Like, what, what are you right. doing? What are you, and that's where that's what comes up. Like, wait a minute. You want me to arrest a 10-year-old? Right. Like, I, like because I should, of a drawing. Right. Like, I should arrest you for wasting my damn time. That's a fucking loser. You know, I mean, like, that's, I, you know, so I have issue with the officer who makes the arrest. I have issue with the person who even calls the police into the situation. It may have been an on-site. I don't know that. Whether, so, whether, it, it, but, which does not matter. Right. I mean, like, agree. so unless they're, unless they're, you know, it's a school resource officer and that school resource officer sees the drawing and says, I have to arrest you. Like, then I have a lot of problems with the police officer. Right. Be, you know what I mean? But if, you know, if, if it was someone else, you know, whether it's the other, the bully's parents or, you know, and, and you know what, now that, now that you say that, that was what caused it. They complained to the school. Okay. So, so they, that's so, when you pull that, in both parents and you're just like, right. all right, well, you, I mean, I don't need to bring your personal yeah. life into it, but you had an incident with someone being shitty to your kid yeah. and you and your yeah. wife and went we into call, the school yeah. and you said, okay, what's going on yep. here? Right. And, and we got that situation resolved and guess what? No police were involved. Right. right, like not even close, right? And my daughter was the victim there, um, and you know, I, I just I don't understand it. It's heartbreaking, and again, talking about trauma to you know young black kids in places that should be safe. There's no reason that right. a, a kid, black, white, or other, should go to school and 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 have to worry about these types of violations of of their person, right? Sure. Um, you know, it's bad enough that the girl was even right. dealing with the a bully. bully is, right? <laughs> the bully's I mean, now the victim. And, and look, I mean, me? at that age, I mean, the, you know what I mean? There's there's a thin line between kids being kids and then kids being, you know, bullies, sure, assholes, sure. dangerous, whatever. Um, and, and as a school administrator, you have to figure out how to sort of navigate that. But the idea that any of this with 10-year-olds should right. involve police is insane. Right. It's Complete, insane. And insane. I mean, it's just a miscarriage of justice. And, you know, again, going back to trauma, like this kid is 10 years old, has now been arrested. What does this do in terms of their relation with the police? What does this do in terms of their emotional and mental health? What does this do with them and their interactions with other students, with the teachers? I mean, would you even feel like there's no way I would feel comfortable with my kid going back to that school whatsoever. Um, you don't know if the parents even have the means or the ability right. to put them into another school. I mean, it's listen, my parents dealt with it for a couple of years and then said, fuck it, we're moving to a whole other state across the country in a different time zone. Yep. You know, to get away from this sort of thing. And, and the so, reason I brought up Hawaii is because Hawaii is a weird place. Your options are very limited. You're, right. you're I mean, you're on an island, literally. And so you know, maybe they have the means to get out of Hawaii, but maybe not. Yeah, and I, you know, kind of a, a, a side thing. Uh, my buddy Danny, uh, you remember Danny? Who uh, remember he came to the house once when I had the from Hawaii. The, from Hawaii yes, I do remember Danny. Who yes. thought the dead deer was a kangaroo? Yes. Uh, which good kid, good kid. great. Danny's a good but when kid. He said he thought the dead deer was a kangaroo. Yeah, I, like, I mean, because they don't I'm keep my mouth shut because they don't have deer on the island of Hawaii apparently, or, or kangaroos or kangaroos. So he saw like he was here doing a. a he's a, a film editor and, and does some other stuff, and he's really good at his job. But he saw a dead deer in the road, and he thought it was a kangaroo, uh, which we, you know, we had some fun with that. But uh, Danny's dad passed away. Oh, I'm sorry. And he was the patriarch of their family, and um, he's he's hurting right now. He does occasionally listen to our show. If he does listen to this one, I mean, I've I've talked to him via text, uh, back and forth. Um, you know, he's ha he's having a hard time. You've lost yeah, your dad. You I know did, how yeah. tough yeah. that is. Oh my god, yeah. Um, if you yeah, tell him I send my condolences. Yeah, I, I've been through this awful. You know, Danny's a great guy, and and you know, um, but that's tough. Just you know, like a, a little side note. But yeah. you know, moving. On, I mean, like this is just another just terrible story. 
Um, and I just, I feel for these kids and I can, and I have a lot of empathy and sympathy for them because I just, I've been where these kids are and it's really sad because there's, chances are, if you know a black kid, they, they may, they, they probably dealt with something like this, you yeah. know, to the level where they are arrested. No. Um, but you know, there's a lot of black kids who have a suspension on their record for some shit that. You know, white kids don't get suspended for it. Impacts of maybe down the road, and right. you know, Danny's an interesting guy because I remember he was going from Hawaii, ended up in Ohio, and then he was going to Utah. Yeah, like, well, how the well, he's got a house in Utah. I know he's got a house in Utah, yeah. but talk about That's, culture change, Jeez. Yeah. Right. Uh, oh, right. Uh, but we were we were running along. I don't give a shit. You know, yeah. And and enjoy, enjoy the free without a bonus episode. Uh, but uh, there was a woman in Alabama who was found dead in a police van. And this is one of the craziest stories I've heard in a long time because there's a video of her walking into. So uh, well, there's a, there, there's a video and it's it's pro, it seems like it's probably her, but the the video is not super clear. Right. Of a woman sort of wild like wandering around a parking lot like she's like she lays in the bushes for a while and she's like kind of you know checking doors. So you know the question is you know is she under the influence of something? Is she dehydrated? Is there a mental health? Crisis happening, something Combination like that. Combination of those yeah. things. And she ends up in the back of a police van that was supposed to be used, that was only used for evidence. So she wasn't put in there by the police. Um, you know, if this video is accurate and the videos of her, the van, like you can't, basically it's, it's a police van that used to, initially it was used to transport, um, you know, inmates, and then they converted it to transport evidence. But either way, you, like it's lot it lo- when it's locked from the inside, it's pretty hard. It's it's you know you can't get out of it um, at least from where she was. And I'm assuming that there's like a there's some sort of barrier between the probably the, the front sure. seats and the back of the the storage cargo compartment of the van. And so she got herself in, but once the doors closed, she couldn't get herself out. And then they found her. I don't know how many days I want to say later. Twelve days later. Something like yeah, my head. Ten, ten or it twelve. It was way days longer later. than it should be. Yeah, and you know she was she was dead in the van, um, and it was just a bizarre sort of story um you know right. kind of in the you How know the fuck does a police van right. spend 10 days in a parking right. lot like, without getting and also why was it unlocked right, right. Now, that's I mean, clearly a failure of protocol right i mean because listen i you know i've talked about it plenty of times like i work with a lot of law enforcement or work out with a lot of law enforcement i work with law enforcement on a pretty regular basis and a big part of it is you know like police vehicles need to be locked now listen they're human Air mistakes are made all the time and this is one of those where clearly somebody screwed up and made a mistake and didn't lock it um you know and there's a lot of police out there who say oh that shit happens all the time okay that doesn't mean that it's right, it's, right. i mean you still have i'm pretty sure you still have you know guidance rules uh uh ordinances whatever that say yeah you got to lock the fucking cars and you didn't and someone ended up dead in it so right um you know there's definitely some you know this isn't it's necessarily a keep an eye on the story yeah, we got to keep an eye on the story. I, I think this is a situation where the police fucked up by not locking the van, and unfortunately, the girl ends up locked in the van. And because no one was going, like you know, if you needed to transport evidence, but you don't How transport, does it sit there for ten? Fucking well, I mean, days. think about it. If they only do, maybe they only do transports once a month. Huh? Okay. You know, maybe they don't do. You know, maybe it's maybe. not a daily or a weekly occurrence, or maybe it is a weekly occurrence. But the way I, I don't know. There's plenty it's, of. It's, it, I mean, it's it's, it's another sad. avoidable again, and yeah, completely avoidable. Again, if you do your job, right? If you're if you're the last person in that van, your job was to make sure that it was locked, the back doors, the front doors, all that other stuff, um, and you didn't do it, and because you didn't do your job, someone died. 
Yeah. You know, I mean, flat out, like whether she was on drugs or having a mental health crisis, yeah, all of that sucks and feeds into it. But ultimately, if you do your job, she doesn't die in your van, period. Yeah. You know, I mean, this doesn't necessarily have to be a situation where the, you know, the police killed her or there was foul play. It was just, you know, complete dereliction of duty yeah, and negligence, negligence yep. here. All right, man, we got to talk about Oberlin College <sighs> because a female student um, put out an op-ed in the student paper. Was I think it's a trans student. Is she, oh, was I, I'm student? not sure. I, 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 I don't I think care. Either way, right? Trans a, student a, or... A, a student who identifies as female. Right. Um, was put out an op-ed in the student paper saying that she was scared and angry scared and hurt i forget what it yeah. was so because she lived in it like so she lives in a dorm in oberlin college here in ohio which is not right. far from here not far at all uh and it's a you know it's a designated safe space so you know like you know cisgendered men aren't allowed in the building i, I think without certain permissions there's, there's I, I don't obviously i've never lived in a place like that and i've never experienced it so i, I don't know what the rules are but it seems like basically cisgendered men aren't allowed in this particular building to protect you know, women and people who feel threatened by cisgendered men, right? Right. Uh, I actually do have an experience like this, but I'll let you go, go, go and, and I'll jump so in. So in. in this building at Oberlin, they were replacing the radiators, and Oberlin's an old school, and I'm sure they needed replaced. And so, you know, like they, you know, it's during the school year, and they come in and they say, hey, before winter, we want to change out these radiators. So they let the students know, you know, 48 hours before, 24, whatever. Um, and then the guys come, and then they replace the radiators, and this student is very upset by it. Um, says they either, okay, fine, you have to fix the radiators, and fine, the people fixing it are men, but you should have done it in the summer before we got here, or you should have told us and given us enough time to clear the space, or you should have found non-cisgendered men to do the job, right? Like, you're, right. These, all these things are the things that you could have done, but you didn't do them, and, and you know, now I feel violated. Um, and... I will not um, say how this person should feel, right? Like, right? If that's how you feel, then that's how you feel. You are entitled. You have every right to feel that way. And I don't want to demean um, how you feel. But at the same time, um, I, 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 there's... I, I, there's, I, I just... I, if I were at school, I would say... Uh, I'm sorry you feel that way, um, but this is when it needed to be done. The work was done, and uh, that's it. You know, I mean, like the whole I, world can't cater to you all the time. It's just not going. And to. by the way, don't you want heat in the winter? Because I know I do. Right. I mean, and I, I don't know why it wasn't done in the summer. Um, and who knows? I'm, I, I mean, I, I I don't know. Um, you know, but you're not gonna kind of dictate how we run the school. Uh, and I, you know, again, so, apologize. You know that you you feel hurt and things like that. Well, you know, I, listen. What I would say is that I we'll don't. take it into consideration. Uh, and, and part of, and listen, part of the reason why I take this into consideration is it's like, all right, in the future, right? We need to if we're going to do work to this particular house. If it, you know, now the other thing is, what if the house isn't cleared out in the summer? What if people live there and I don't know, right? I mean, like there there were situations when I was at UMass where you, you know, like there are people who lived in the dorms at certain times during the summer. So, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe there's not a good time. Uh, to, to do it where there's no one there and you run into this no matter when you do it. So they just decided to do it when they did. And I, and, and I don't know. I mean, I think you, you try your best to accommodate. 
um, and you're not going to be able to do it all the time. So you say, look, I'm sorry you feel that way. That uh, you know, but that's that's it, right? Like we're not going to do anything about it. Like we're not, like, right. we can't change right. what happened. We're not going to um, not fix your radiators right. because I mean, but there wasn't like the only harm to you was that you were in the same room as these people, and they didn't. It might have been the same building. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, I mean, I could, well, I know in the story she said she she went to class and came back and the work was done, um, you know. But the, the fact that they were just in, you know, that they were, you know, in the space in and of itself is a violation. Um, and I just uh, okay. Well, there's, I mean, there's, there's I, a I, limit I, to how much you can be catered to. Yeah. And when I, when I was in college, I had a friend who went to Franciscan University in Steubenville, an ultra 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 Catholic university. Steubenville. And. Um, so I picked her up on my way to Buffalo. How many students go there? Seven? I think it's 12 now. No, I don't know. I think it's probably a couple thousand. But again, super, super conservative, super Catholic. And I was helping her get home to Buffalo on my way to Buffalo for uh, Christmas, or sorry, summer break. Anytime we walked into a floor, she had to yell, man in the hall. Now, being the mature person I was then, and I'm much better now, I went... That's right, man and all. <laughs> yeah, I'm a dick, but it was funny to me. And she was kind of well. I know she didn't get too mad, but um, but you know, look, I'm as liberal as it gets on on uh, LGBTQ issues, um, but there's also limits to how much can you be catered to and kowtowed to, and the idea that well. You know, you should have done this in the summer. You don't know that. Something might have broken. Something might have broken yesterday. And they might be prepared to give you heat today because it's got a lot colder. Right. Two weeks ago, it was 80 degrees. Yep. Today is in the 50s. You know, if you want to freeze <laughs> because you don't want a cisgender man in your presence right. for whatever. And, and, I, and I, I, have a fe- I have a feeling that it, it's, it's not so much that something broke. I think that they had planned to replace the radi- radiators, but... As a person who deals with construction and I deal with this sort of Fair. thing all the time, like I can tell you that those type of contractors and vendors are not the most consistent. Well, it's not that they're not the most; they're busy as hell. I mean, there's just there's True. all sorts of construction work. There's all sorts of improvements being made, like across the state of Ohio, across the country, uh, and they're busy. And so, while you may want something done, like here's a prime example, I ordered and bought paid for windows back in March. Um, I just got those windows installed like literally Wednesday and today. Right. Like, so, I mean, like it was a combination of getting the, getting the actual windows in and when the company had time to install them. Right. Like, so with the radiators, I'm willing, I'm sure because the way that school budgets work that they had budgeted us and they had planned it and they said, Hey, can you guys do this during the summer? And they said, we'll get to it when we can. And the earliest that they can get to it is in October. That's, uh, that's likely what happened. The school probably wanted to get it done in the summer while students weren't there, not just because of the safe house, but just so look, let's get this done in the summer when nobody's here. So we don't have to worry about interrupting the students and dealing with all that. And the company is just like, all right, we'll try to, we'll tell you when we can do it. And they said, oh, well, the earliest we can get to it is October based on our schedule. And that's pretty, I'm pretty sure that's likely what happened. And, you know, um, the, the other thing that needs to get brought up in this is this was published in the school paper. This wasn't a tweet that went viral. This was what, what, what this is someone who was so offended by the idea of a cisgendered male. In and their, you know what? I, which is fine. 
Which is, is fine. It? It's, it's college. You know what? You're right. It's an op-ed. It's fine. It's, like, an op-ed. it's an op-ed right. in a college paper. If the kid felt that way, then the, then the kid felt that you way. You know what? Fair. Good and, point. And, and I'm, again, if that's how you feel, that's how you feel. I, I'm not going to tell, I'm not going to tell her you shouldn't be upset by this. Right. But what I am going to say is that you are absolutely entitled to your feelings and to, and to your frustration and whatever. But these are the circumstances that we were dealt Right, like this is yeah. this is this is what we had to deal with, and there's there's really not much we could do about it. Now, is there a way that the school could have handled it better in terms of notification, something like that? Maybe, probably. Maybe. Um, but uh, you know, beyond that, like there's only so much that you can do in these situations, and I think that what eventually will kind of push some of this cancel culture back. You know, I mean, like you and Ben talked about uh, Dave Chappelle last week. Um, you know, my two cents with the Dave Chappelle thing is that. Uh, you know, the, the people that are hurt by what Dave Chappelle said, again, completely entitled to that. And if you're hurt, then, um, you know, I empathize with you because it, it just, it, it sucks to feel targeted. And so, you know, whether, you know, it just, that's a shitty feeling. You're entitled to your opinion. You're entitled to, you know, not watch it or tell people not sure. to watch it or you know you can definitely ask netflix to cancel it and if i were the pr crisis manager for netflix what i would say is you absolutely cannot cancel this you can't take it off of your air or, or off your platform but what you should do in this particular situation um is you know make a statement that you you know you understand and you empathize uh with this with the community that is wounded by this um, and then at that point in time, you also right next to the Chappelle, you use your algorithm to elevate um, LGBTQ content on Netflix and say, like, we're not taking this down because we believe in the open sharing of ideas. And we want to make sure that, you know, like everyone who had something has a, a way to get those out. Um, and then you elevate. And again, there are plenty of, um, you know, not plenty, but there are gay, lesbian, trans Sure. Uh, directors, producers, movies, actors, in ways that you could produce it around this uh, uh, special, the closer from Dave Chappelle. And does that make that particular group happy? No, but it is at minimum a gesture to show that you're sensitive to their needs. But at the same time, the idea of being able to express and and say and, bring, and present different ideas to the public um, uh, is something that at Netflix that they believe in. And so I, I, and I think that was probably what I would have done as opposed to just drawing a hard line in the sand saying, fuck you, we're not taking it down. Um, because I don't think that the hard lines in the sand are getting us anywhere. And obviously I think it's part of the regression that you were talking about earlier. Um, and I think that's like these things, like there's, there's, you know, people, are really upset about this idea like you can't both sides it and there's you can't compromise and, and all right nobody's willing to compromise then that's what rips the fabric of a country apart like listen countries have gone to war and fallen apart over issues smaller than what we're fighting over right now and if we continue down this road like we're, we're, we're we could be looking at the the complete disintegration of our republic maybe not in the next year or two or even five but if we, again, continue down this road, then we could see something and, and people think that that's okay. All right, tear it down and rebuild it. Like, oh, you think tearing a country down and rebuilding it is just something like, and you think that tearing it down and rebuilding it is just something that is easy and smooth. It's and not it's repainting gonna, the kitchen. Right. And it's going to go, and it's going to come out the exact color and way that you want it to like, be careful because you tear it down and rebuild it. 
Um, there's no guarantee that the people you want to win actually win. There's no guarantee that it gets rebuilt and it's better. It could be 10 times worse. So just be careful what you wish for when you say then fuck it, burn it all down. You just sparked a thought in my head because a bunch of years ago, talking to a very conservative family members, family members of mine, they were watching America's Got Talent or something of that nature. And they were like, we can't watch it anymore because every other act is someone coming out or, or you know, coming out as trans. And I don't want our kids to see that. And I would tell them, shut the fuck up. There's people out there who have that life. And, you know, I don't want to talk to my kids about it. Well, okay. One, if it's that bothersome to you, don't watch it. Two, if you can't accept that these are people who have that life and they need to be treated equally, that's on you. And by the way, you're lecturing me about, you know, not going to mass. You're not listening when you're there. Right. So this is kind of the flip side of that. This is kind of a, okay, these are things that, you know, bother you. I mean, Chappelle, like, okay, he's saying things that offend you. Um, don't watch. Yeah. Don't, you know, if you want to cancel your Netflix, fine. If you want to quit Netflix, that's your choice. But to expect the whole world, just like my conservative cousins saying, I can't watch this anymore because there's a trans person on America's Got Talent. I said, toughen up or don't watch it. Right. I got to say the same thing in return. It's, you know, it's just like, and I don't want to go to the toughen up. Like, like listen, if it's right. offensive, right? I mean, it's, I think right. we got to be yeah, smart about it, but I mean, it's just right like, look, if you don't want to watch it, don't watch it. Um, but this idea of, right, like we're a particular group and you can't talk about us in any sort of negative light, like that's just dangerous. Right. I mean, it's just like well, in, in the Chappelle case, he said a bunch of snarky, goofy things because he's, by the way, one of the greatest comics ever to walk the face of the earth. And if you look at the overall message, it's actually supportive. I mean, he talks about, you know, this is a trans woman who killed herself because of what she went through. And he said, you know, I met this person because of stuff I said before we became friends. And I was devastated that the world drove her to that you know condition. And if you can't. Wait for the full story. I won't even say wait for the punchline. Wait for the full story. If you hear something and you're offended in the moment and you need to immediately react, then A, don't watch comedy because a lot of comedy is set up and changed gears. Um, well, and if, 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 if you let me go on with this, I'll do it for no, an hour well, and a half. I mean, part of my issue too is just like, look, man, I mean, like, yeah, he said some things that offended you, but, you know, there have been a lot of comics who said a lot of offensive things about black people, about Asians, about whatever. Sure. And I didn't see y'all anywhere. Y'all don't make a shit. I mean, Dave Chappelle has made offensive jokes about black people, right? And one of the big things is just like, well, I mean, you know, like the. Well, it and could white be, people and Asian and people. And white people and Asian people and everybody else between his show and, and his comedy and everything else. And it's just like. Um, and it's just like, well, I mean, by him saying, you know, negative things and that could fuel violence against us. It's like. I don't know if y'all know this, but police killing black people and black people killing black people and white people killing black people. There's a lot of people killing black people right now, right? There's we'll a lot of violence. Like I spray some crack on them. Right. Maybe. I mean, like I, I work in a place, in a neighborhood where black people are the exclusive people who die every fucking day, right? Like, so it's just like, like, where are you with that, right? Like, that's, that's, that's okay, but like, it's your particular group, then now, like, now that, the, you know what I mean? Like, at least sure. be fucking consistent. Sure. Right with your outrage, but your only you, outrage when it hits you, then right, and like, that's kind of what I was trying to say about my cousins. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're offended by this, and and all right, anyway. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, the one thing I, it's just like, look, you can feel how you feel, but um, you know, at the same time, just it may not the 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 answer 
if we want to make this all work, the answer, like a lot of people aren't going to be happy with the answers and the solutions to some of these problems, right? Because a lot of it is sort of, uh, you know, individual and internal. Um, and, you know, one of the most frustrating things I hear constantly in conversations with, you know, Democrats, progressives, um, you know, people on the left side of the aisle, it, you know, like every conversation, that's problematic. That's, that's an issue. That's problematic. And we need to stop. That's pro. This is problematic. That person is prob like everything is fucking problematic. Right. I mean, and it's just like, oh, okay. So what, what do you want to do? Well, shouldn't be allowed to say that. Shouldn't be allowed to do that. That shouldn't be allowed. It's just like, all right. I mean, I'll talk a lot about everybody else being fascist, but you want to basically outlaw everything that you don't like. And that that don't that don't sound like that don't hit like you think it does you know and i mean it's just like and so while i understand like i I never want to again it's it's i have no issue with people being offended right you don't like what he said get get it get get mad yell scream about it um but cancel cancel netflix send them an email to netflix saying i'm canceling you because of this right but you can't you can't just say all right well we demand that you do this right because you can say it and the what what stops that is netflix just pushing back and just like look we we understand and we respect you and we're sorry we're not going to do that but we will do this uh here's an olive branch here's you know a, sure. a, a great deal of content that you know is is that is positive for you um and then netflix needs to leave it alone and move on right yeah. take, the, take the hit like right i mean like if you if you know if, if they all cancel their netflix subscriptions then netflix the, the move is to take the hit um understand it and just like well all right we lost them and then you know you 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 try again you try to get them back through you know organically uh, and if not then all right well i mean like the way netflix is making money though i mean like come on it's not Really? Is that that big of a loss? <laughs> right. You know, what I mean, and that, that that's right. just that that those are just the pure capitalist numbers, which again, you know, in that group, you know, capitalism itself is problematic. But um, you know, that's just that's that's where we are. We got to wrap up. I think. I mean, yeah. We're gonna, wrap it up, up, B. We've, we've got, speaking of Dave Chappelle, <laughs> we're wrap it up. Wrap it up, B. <laughs> that was such a get great, to wrap it up. Box. That was such a great bit. The judge is chewing the guy right. out of the stage. Right. Wrap it up, Wrap B. it up, B. Um, anyway. Yeah, so Brian Laundrie's body was found. It's been confirmed. Um, I'm not shocked. I said it a couple weeks ago that I expected that to happen. Yeah, but that was bizarre because... So they searched the, air, they searched the park that he was in, and then his family's like, hey, we want to search again. And then the family takes them to the exact spot where he was. Like, uh, let's start looking here. Like, oh, there's clothes here and a body. Like, yeah, weird. Apparently the water had receded a lot, and that was a spot that he went to regularly. Okay. What I find per- completely... So I know what you're saying, but I think that is kind of a... You know, there's there's other factors in play. The parents are allegedly seeking the reward money. So well, there was a $180,000 so reward We offered. know they were granted immunity. Okay, I didn't know that. So they were granted immunity, and they're seeking the reward money. That's so, gross. Okay, I'm just saying. I mean, I'm just like, like legal, whatever, I don't know. That's gross. Okay. I want money for finding my kid's body my after he murdered son. someone else's kid. My dead son. Allegedly. Not allegedly, but it never got to allegedly. But, I mean, it's a hell of a coincidence if it's not that. Uh, but, yeah, the, apparently the water had receded, so there's a climate change um aspect of this too but um yeah i'm not shocked he's dead frankly it's so likely that he killed the girl that i'm glad is a gross word to use but i'm glad this isn't going to string out for a couple of years and to, to, to wrap it up 
the uh, the Parkland shooter just pled guilty to to get life in prison or the death sentence. That happened in 2018. It finally gets processed today. Our legal system takes that fucking long for a 17 murder and a guilty plea. Right to a speedy trial, Jim. Yeah, speedy, right. All right, we are out. This is at, we are at Whiskey Congress on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks for listening. Good seeing you again, brother. We are done. <laughs>